0: indeed he is the lord of the harvest it's been a wonderful year hasn't it now you know for most of us who live in this part of the world we don't dabble much in growing harvests of corn or or tomatoes we might do our own little garden but not like it once was let us not forget though that this is the time of year Where we look back over the whole course of the last year and we say, Thank you, God, for providing for us. That's the context we're talking about today the art of freedom, freedom of God's provision. God is our provider. Amen to that? Well, for some of you, He is. For the rest of you, I don't know how you get along. But I want to tell you today when we talk about God's provision, there is no provision more superior than providing a shepherd, a shepherd, one who looks after us. Let's be honest. Finding enough of anything is hard. Our needs don't go away just because we struggle to meet them. We have a need for water. We have a need for food. We have a need for rest. We have a need for shelter. We have a need for love. We have a need for safety. Abraham Maslow, a noted American psychologist, created an entire schematic and indeed a whole line of thinking based on our needs and they build from the bottom up but if you were to start from the bottom of that pyramid and work your way all the way to the top here's what you would find of all of those needs that you have you need somebody to help provide those needs and a place to begin one of the greatest weaknesses i see for us as a world right now is the belief that we can meet our own needs. Let me just tell you now, friends, you can't. You are incapable of meeting every need that you have. Oh, it's not because you don't have enough money. It's not because you don't have enough desire. It's not because you don't know where the grocery store is or how to get to what you need. It's that there are some needs that are deeper than our physical capacity can meet. You need a shepherd. A shepherd, one who can meet those needs. I want you to see this picture that I found recently about a shepherd. You'll see this shepherd, he has a job and it's clear. He's focused. He's only concerned with those things that relate to his flock. They are his primary interest. He spends his day concerned about them, thinking about them, seeking to protect them, seeking to provide for them keeping them from danger, and making sure their well-being is something that he meets. It is not merely his livelihood. These are an extension of who he is. And that, friends, brings us to the passage that my friend Justin read so well a moment ago. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a passage that I chose specifically for today because I wanted us to be reminded reminded of where our provision comes from it's not merely from our work although God uses that it's not merely from the work of those around us although God uses them too it is from the great shepherd now let's start here shall we the shepherd knows his sheep and what they need every one of us are a little different that's why this is so personal it again in Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. What does it mean? It means I've got a great shepherd. Would you just say that with me out loud? I've got a great shepherd. Maybe you're in a moment of crisis. Those come more frequently than we'd like. And maybe you're wondering how this is all going to work out and what is God doing in the midst of this? I want you to, in those days of crisis, Pull this out again and be reminded that by definition, the shepherd is the one who cares for your needs. He is in charge, not just of you, but of all things. He meets not only my physical needs, but my emotional ones. He helps me feel safe. He meets my mental needs. He can take the anxiety that I feel and the distress, and he can bear them. He meets my spiritual needs because all things, get this, are under his charge. All my needs are under his authority. And he can meet all of them. I can rest because I know he has already provided for me. I'm confident in that, get this, because the shepherd is my shepherd. It's a personal relationship. There's a great many times that we feel distant from God and we will feel that God is somehow a long way away from us and maybe there's reasons for us to feel that way. If there is a moment in time that you feel that way, then here's where I want you to start. I've got a great shepherd. And if you're still feeling distant from him, then here's what I want you to do. Look within and do a self-analysis. What is it that is making me feel this way? Is there sin in my life I need to repent from? Are there things I need to leave behind or set aside? Are there things that are prohibiting or inhibiting my relationship from continuing to grow with the great shepherd? Can I tell you today, friends, the great shepherd longs for me to trust him. Now this role of shepherd is not a new thing. There are many throughout the pages of Scripture. Moses and David are the two most famous ones. Moses spent 40 years shepherding in the wilderness. We know that from Exodus chapter 2. We remember that David was a shepherd when God called him. Furthermore, we see God as our shepherd throughout Scripture. Ezekiel 34, Jeremiah 23, Zechariah 10. But the most famous of them is in John chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 11. It's one of my favorite books, and if you know me, you know that. It's there that Jesus says something about himself that I want to call your attention to. He calls himself the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd, he says. What does this mean? Well, let's talk a couple of things about what it means, and maybe this will help you in going forward. One, he acts sacrificially on your behalf by laying his life down. He acts intimately by knowing not only the Father, but also the sheep, and bringing both ends together. He acts redemptively by not only giving his life, but by being raised back to life, and thereby guaranteeing not only new life for himself, but for you as well. Through his resurrection, he assures his flock of new life for them. This, friends, is what a shepherd does. He seeks the benefit of those under his charge. Now, what does this mean for us, the sheep? So I've got a great shepherd. What does that mean for me? It means this. Contentment is available because the shepherd cares for me. It's specific to me. It's me that he provides for. You see this, I shall not want. That's the psalmist, what the psalmist says. The implication is that I might have desires, but my needs will be met. He created me. So he knows the needs that I have. His capacity as creator and shepherd means that not only does he know those needs, but that he can sustain them as well. Hope like this gives us mercy. Mercy for when we need to trust the shepherd when the storm winds blow hard. I can find that because the shepherd makes sure to stay close by. His care for me secures me and invites me to a level of intimacy I can't find anywhere else. I found another picture of a shepherd that I wanted to bring to you today. I want you to take a look at the shepherd. Don't pay attention necessarily to the shepherd because he isn't, he's only one part of the story. I want you to look at the lamb in his arms. Does that lamb look worried? Hardly. Does he look well cared for? Well, from the fat rings on him, I'd say so. Does he look content? Absolutely. Now look at the shepherd. Take a look at his hands, would you? You You'll see that they're weathered and worn. You'll see that they've got calluses on them where he's worked hard on the behalf of his sheep. You'll see that his face has lines in it. His face is weathered from being out exposed to the elements in care for his sheep. You'll see that his clothing is not fine. It is rough clothing, appropriate for one who spends his time outdoors. And mercifully, we can't smell him, but if we could, then he would probably smell like the sheep that he cares for. Now take a look one more time at this before they take it away and I want you to imagine that, that you are that sheep, that peace resting in the arms of the shepherd that you know the contentment that comes from being well cared for because you can trust the shepherd and you know the peace that comes from being in his arms and that his hands rough and and and, and Callous as they are, they are gentle when he handles you. You might need a shepherd today. Let it be one like this one, one who cares for those under his charge, one who loves them, one who has an intimacy with them that says, I trust you even if things look crazy around me. Now, it's one thing to do that with a a sheep, but I got a great example of this a couple of months ago. You see, I was sitting in my office one day here, one day when we had a house full of children in the building, which is pretty regularly. CDC, a child development center, and our Children's Day Out ministries, they do a great job. We have lots of children in the building throughout the week. It's, It's a blessing, until they notice the fire alarm. I was sitting in my office working away, preparing for Sunday, no doubt, when the fire alarm sounded. That always gets me excited, as it should. So I jumped up from my desk to find out what's going on, and I found the culprit, the one who pulled the alarm. I found him standing there at the box that he had pulled, looking forlorn and grief-stricken at his choices. But what caught my attention was his mother standing there with him as well. Now, she was gently correcting him, but more than that, she was comforting him, as only a mother can do with a child, her child. Now, he learned a hard lesson that day, and I bet he won't be pulling any more fire alarms unless there really is a fire. But I, I, too, learned something that day. What it looks like when you know you've messed up and somebody loves you anyway. What it looks like when you've made a mistake and you thought it looked exciting and interesting and you thought it looked some, would, would be really thrilling and Satan put that temptation there for you to just pull and see what happens. And then things go off the rails you get a lot more than you bargained for. Isn't it good to know we have a shepherd who comes into that moment and wraps his arms around you, draws you close, and holds you to himself, as if to say, my child, I love you anyway. I want you to hold on to that image because I suspect we'll need it. I suspect there will be days ahead where we will want that kind of touch again. And I think that's why the rest of this psalm exists. There is more to this psalm, as you know. And it speaks to this. A shepherd gives what the sheep need at just the right time. Verses 2 to 5, let me read it again for you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. One of the reasons that I wanted to bring this passage to you today is to try to tie all of our fall together. We spent most of this fall talking about the names of God. I want to talk with you about how the names of God teach me about the shepherd. I'm going to walk you through these right quick, and I want you to try to incorporate what we learned earlier in the fall with what we're talking about now, and why you should be grateful for the great shepherd. One, I shall not want Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. He has met every need that I have, He'll lead me to still waters. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. He's the one who brings a settledness out of the chaos that rolls around me. He restores my soul. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He is the one who binds up the brokenhearted and speaks peace to those who are wounded. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Jehovah's Echidnu, the Lord, is our righteousness. My righteousness is as rags, but his is pure. And because of the work of the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10, he has made me the righteousness of God as well. You are with me. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. The end of Ezekiel, remember, he doesn't abandon us. His presence is always with us. And not only is his presence with us, but he protects me when I'm in the presence of mine enemies. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. And finally, he anoints my head with oil. Jehovah Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. You remember when Moses anointed Aaron as priest. What did he do? He anointed his head with oil. You remember what Samuel did when he anointed Saul and then later David as king? What did he do? He anointed him with oil. You remember what it says that the Spirit does for each of us when when the the, the, the powerful hand of God comes into our lives. He anoints us with the Holy Spirit. It's as if it runs down on our shoulders and leaves a fragrance behind. That makes me think of just one thing. The mercy of the shepherd provides just what I need, just when I need it, and he does it in just the right way. I I brought a picture of a shepherd's crook. This isn't something that we talk much about, but this is something that would have been in the hand of those two shepherds that we saw. Because my shepherd provides all I need, he knows what tool to use. Now, this much I know for sure. After working in the auto body shop for all those years, my dad has every tool snap on cells, all right? If that's not true, I don't know what else is in the truck. When he retired and we went to get his toolboxes and bring them home, it was shocking to me because we already had a shop full of tools at home and this was another shop full that we were bringing home, but none of those tools in and of themselves are worth anything unless they're in the hands of somebody that knows how to use them. The shepherd, the great shepherd, he knows what to use and when to use it. I asked my dad one time because it was clear this particular tool was one particular job in one particular context on just a few vehicles. I said, how did you know this was the right tool for that job? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me so confused and he said, because it's the right tool, Darren. <laughs> I didn't really know how to respond, so I didn't. I just said, yes, sir, and tried to make a note so if that ever I was invested in a situation like that, I would be equally wise. The point is, he knows because he knows. Well, are we willing to trust God that that way as well? I can rest comfortably because of the fullness of the great shepherd. And what an amazing gift it is to find a comfortable place to rest. For us, we regard fullness as an expected state of affairs. In fact, we think if we're not full, that something is wrong. But you know, I got a lesson in that when I was in Kenya a couple of years ago. I was helping them prepare for the evening meal at one of the ministries that we support. There were several hundred children in the the compound and we were providing what was, in essence, beans and cornbread. Now, it was Kenyan beans and Kenyan cornbread but that's indeed what it was. And I watched as these children lined up with their plates and bowls ready to receive this. And then I watched as they were fed and received that with joy. I watched because I thought about my own journey, how when I was their age, if I'd been fed beans and cornbread, I would think we were broke. That things were wrong. Things must have gone off the rails especially if there wasn't enough to fill my stomach all the way, right? But the supply of the shepherd, and in that context, the headmaster of the school, taught them gratitude. The supply of the shepherd was to provide for them, and indeed he did. And what amused me most was watching these kids wolf down these beans and cornbread, and then run to get back in line for another helping. It was a reminder to me of what gratitude looks like. These kids knew the difference between being in that school and being at home. They may have an evening meal at home or they may not. But here, as meager as it might sound, they knew they would because they knew the shepherd would provide it. Now let's bring ourselves to the conclusion. For it is the same place that the psalmist ends. The shepherd leads his sheep home surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever I don't know how many funerals I've used this psalm in but it's a lot I don't know how many other funerals I've been to and heard it used but it's a lot I don't know how many headstones that I've seen with this engraved upon it let us take comfort in this The shepherd's desire from my very beginning is to have me safe at home for all eternity. That's what the shepherd wants. Nothing less than that. Nothing more than that. He wants me with him. In the context of John 10, Jesus is talking about his role as the, the good shepherd. And one of the things that he talks about is the shepherd laying down at the gate of the sheep. And it's there that he lays himself down as a physical barrier between the dangers that exist outside and the sheep that are so precious to him on the inside. I want you to recognize the imagery that Jesus is using there, and I want you to carry it away from here and let that reframe this season of gratitude. We are grateful for the food that we will receive tonight, for starters. And next week at Thanksgiving, we are grateful for the fact that God has given us beautiful and warm homes, especially when it's cold and wet outside like it was yesterday. We're grateful for children who are well and, and the blessing of grandchildren and, and the opportunity to gather together. Uh, we're grateful for all the, the material blessings, but I want to encourage you to let one thing stand out most of all over everything. Be grateful that you have a great shepherd. One who stands with you, who provides for you, who stands guard over you. One who offers peace in place of crisis. One who brings settledness and contentment even if there is trouble. One who speaks to the waves and brings them to stillness and friends today I want to encourage you to lean into his arms. I don't know about you, but this year has been a tumultuous one. Not for us personally, necessarily, but for the world around us. I know we've seen this before, and unless the Lord returns, we'll probably see it again. But the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel has caused me to say, God, where are you in all this? I think that's why the Lord brought me to this passage to bring to you, because maybe you have been there too. Where are you, great shepherd, in the midst of this? Well, he's where he's always been, standing guard over his flock, you and me. If you're in a place of chaos, then understand that he stands there with you. If you're feeling uncertain, then lean into his arms and let his tender touch bring peace and healing to you. If you're one who is sick and struggling with illness, then trust that the good shepherd knows what to do to bring that to bear too. Maybe you don't have that good shepherd. Maybe this day is one that you've understood the good shepherd in a new way. Well, here's your day here's what I want you to do. In just a moment, we're going to stand up and we're going to sing. And when we do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come down here to where I'm standing. I want you to come down here and say, Darren, can you introduce me to that great shepherd? Oh, the answer is yes. Joyfully so. Maybe you need to come to this altar to pray for yourself, to pray for someone else. This altar is open for you. Perhaps, just maybe you are looking for a church family to walk with. Come down and let me talk with you about how you can be a part of what God is doing here. This is the day God has given you. Let's pray together. Today, Lord Jesus, we confess our need for a shepherd. I know, Lord Jesus, there are things that are uncertain around us, and it's easy to be alarmed. On those days, Lord, let us lean even closer to you. I pray for those who need to respond to you today, Jesus, whether it's to come down and talk to me or come to this altar and talk to you, I pray for freedom, courage, and boldness to do that very thing. Do your work here in this invitation time, Lord. We give it to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.